everyone, and welcome to the Sporting Global Podcast. And today we're here with Shiv. And Shiv, welcome, welcome to the podcast. It's a pleasure having you here. Thank you very much. It's um, it's my pleasure to be here with you. Absolutely. And I mean, like for those of you that are tuning in, we're going to talk a little bit about Shiv's background, of course, like what is done in the industry so far, a little bit about the federation of the gay games, like what is happening in Hong Kong already next year. I mean, like a lot of interesting things coming up, of course. And and for those of you that are listening to this, you know, if you want to hear tips, advice from people that is, you know, like, like Shiv every week for people that are in the industry, you know, make sure to subscribe to the channel. You'll, you'll get insights once a week, you know, from, from people and leaders like Shiv in the industry. So make sure to do that. And, and Shiv, like, I'm kind of like just curious right away to sort of like jump into like how your journey in the sport industry begin. Like take, take us a little bit back, like how it all started and, and where things yeah. are at now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's do it. So, um, you know, my, my corporate career actually has been in management consulting. So for the past 20 right. years, that's, that's really what I've been doing. Yeah. Um, and I started with uh, McKinsey in London in 2000 and I moved to New York with them in 2005. Right. And when I moved to New York, I, um, you know, I, I had sort of, tennis has always been my, my main sport. That's always yep. the sport that I love the most. Nice. But when I moved to New York, I started to get back into sport in a big way. And I suddenly found that the sporting landscape had, had changed. Right. And, you know, I'm part of the LGBTQ community. I'm a, I'm a gay man. And I realized then that there were uh, a really large amount of um, gay sports leagues that were right. in New York. So I joined tennis and uh, rugby and volleyball and, you know, all of these different kinds of kinds of sporting clubs. Yeah. And um, I've always been interested in diversity and inclusion work. I've always done that in some capacity. Right. Um, but I think this whole new world that I had been opened up to yeah. um, and that included the, the, the gay games, right, which is the, which we'll talk about in, in a little right. while um it just really really fascinated me so obviously you've been like sort of like in the corporate world and going into the sport worlds and and you saw like some changes there i guess like what were some of the things that you saw and sort of like where that kind of like led you now like to where you are in the in the sport industry uh so so you mean changes that i've seen um that led me to to where i am now or how did i get started and right yeah correct like kind of like how you get started yeah yeah so i mean you know the short answer to that is um i'd moved to new york in 2005 with my consulting job right and i started to get re-engaged in sport so you know i'd, I'd left sport alone for a while but you know yeah. i've always loved tennis and i joined a tennis group and i joined a rugby club and um volleyball club and all this kind of thing and i found that at the age of you know i was 35 or something then really the the sporting landscape and what was on offer and what was yep. on offer to different communities had really changed like it had really sort of exploded right and that basically led me to make a short documentary film about amateur uh, lgbtq tennis players who were part right. of a, a, a very large tennis tour they were competing nice. in games and things like that and I, I found that really fascinating yeah yeah and that in turn led me to um, apply to the United States Tennis Association to be on one of their national committees as a volunteer. And I joined the Diversity and Inclusion National Committee for the USTA. Right. And that was really the kind of sort of for 
formal starting point of my work in in the industry. So I, I yeah. served on on that committee for several terms with the USTA. Um, the last term I was the uh, vice chair of the DMI committee. So right. I was very lucky to work with some really, really great people there. Yeah. Um, and you know, one thing led to another, led to another. So from the USTA, I then joined the board of the Federation of the Gay Games. Right. And through that, um, I found that, you know, a lot of uh, avenues sort of started to really pop up about how I could actually provide um, some, some expertise uh, two different sporting organizations, but um, it was it was sort of, you know, I was taking my corporate experience in digital transformation and change management and right. coupling that with DNI and sort of connecting all of those things together. Yeah. Um, so that was really the starting point. It was sort of joining, it was joining one organization and then several boards after that. And then, you know, I think once you've joined one, you yeah. know, it's sort of it's easier to kind of springboard and, and sort of connect to others and join to others and things like that. That, that's awesome and i guess like in a sense that's sort of like the beauty of the sport industry too like sort of like once you get your foot in the door it sort of like opens up this world of opportunities yeah totally i mean you know one of the things that i always say to people and when i was managing teams i'd always really encourage them to expand the network you know i think yep. it's really important for you to make as many connections as possible and you know when you talk about networking sort of particularly in in let's say the uk or or, or even sometimes the, in the us people don't like that word you know they think right. it's kind of a dirty word <laughs> yeah. um but really, you know, and I'm not suggesting that you, you use networking in the way that you sort of directly go and ask somebody for a job off the bat. Right. But, but really all networking is, is making connections. And yeah. the more connections you make, the more relationships you build, that is how you actually find out what um, an organization's needs truly are. Right. And through that, you can then sort of decide, okay, do I actually, do I have the right skills or strengths or values to align with this organization? And, right. and I think that coupled with your passion really allows you to find an avenue or an outlet where you can you can be of value yeah i mean like 100 percent. and as as you sort of like touch upon in the early two it's like okay you started with tennis because that's something like that you're passionate about and from that point sort of like that involved you you know with the with the gay games with with other initiatives as well and it sort of like has like that that trickle effect but at the end of the day it's like you putting yourself out there and and taking that initiative and say okay what can i do to provide value you know wherever i am 100% 100% so you know i'm i relocated from uh from new york back to the uk last year right and um as a result of now living back in the uk i can't serve on a usda committee anymore because obviously you have yep. to be a resident in the country sure. to do that yeah. but of course the first thing i thought of was how can i do the same thing in the uk and yep. let me start with tennis because i love tennis right. so um but that was all through through sort of networks and connections with my with my mentors as well so right. i reached out to Katrina, who was the um, president of the USDA when I was on those uh, committees, when yep. I was on that committee, and I asked her for some advice, and I was like, "How can I, how can I get involved with the Lawn Tennis Association in the UK, doing the same thing that I was doing in the in, in the US under you here?" Yeah. And she helped facilitate some introductions and some connections for me and that kind of thing. And so now I am a counselor to the board of the LTA, but that all happened through me reaching out to my network and saying, you know, yeah. who could sort of help me um, be of value and be of service in this area in a different geographical location. Right. So, and that's why it's really important to just, you know, expand your network as much as possible. 
And I think you're touching about something really important as well, because I think a lot of, um, you know, young students and professionals out there too, is kind of like, they're a little bit uh, afraid of not necessarily the networking aspect of it, but I guess like that, that, that element of like having mentors or like mentees or like having people around you and you're like, okay, but are they just there for like, you know, baby steps? Like when you're sort of like a kid and you're trying to like learn how to walk yeah. or like, and I think it's really cool. Like the you're sort of like bringing up, like, I mean, this is a person and a connection and relationship you're going to have throughout your life, you know, and yeah. that, that will be part of your journey. And I see this a lot as well with, you know, like with Sporting Global without, of course, going too much in depth with that. But I always yeah. said like, you know, that work that I did like the, the previous years before I started the company of like building a lot of relationships and connecting with people in the industry, like I just put me in a so much better position the day I said like, hey, this is what I want to do. And like, I need like some feedback, some tips, some advice. And I'm mean, like, yeah. I'm so grateful for it. And I know how much it means, you know, and how important it is. And it's not like, yeah. you know, I'm doing this to take advantage of like, you know, I'm going to get a job or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. It just happens sort of like organically and naturally. And it's just based on people that you can trust and, and, and talk with and, and have insights from. Yeah. Yeah. That, no, that's really interesting. And, and actually I have a question for you, right? So obviously you've got this, you've got this great platform, you know, that was your idea. You've got this, you, you know, you're getting this up and running and it's going now, Yeah. but did you, did you always know that that is what you wanted to do within sports? No, I mean, like I had completely different plans. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, so, I, yeah, yeah. Go, I, go ahead. I never had any uh, like, I, I never. How can I say like, it was not like I planned to start my own company. You know that yeah. that was not like on my agenda. I what I knew is like, I I'm passionate about sports. This is what I want to be part of. And I knew this very early. And then I put my put myself some goals and some ambitions. And I I'm a very ambition person so I'm, i want to go like very high and when i go for something i go really full in and, and mm. then i always have like this open door policy which is what i call it sort of like an open mindset so yeah if something comes up that was so interesting for me that i had to grab it i grab it right and that's yeah. essentially what sporting global led to and that's how it came to life you know yeah so, so what sort of spurred you to actually then you know, you were, you were in the sports industry, obviously that's something you're really passionate about. What was the switch for you then to, to sort of have clarity that this was the idea that you wanted to pursue? So I was a little bit lucky because it was through my program at, at the university that we could do like a new concepts for like a business plan. And I started thinking about what challenges we as students were facing, how hard it was to find, you know, relevant opportunities and get foot in the door. Like all my classmates were just like so frustrated about what was out there. And I said like, there has to be a better way. And then I just came yeah. out with the ID. We did the dirty work and, you know, yeah. here we are. <laughs> yeah. So, and the reason I'm asking you these questions is that's a perfect example, right, of, of using networking in yeah. order to, one, provide clarity on, on what it is that you want to go. And you have to be flexible and fluid in, in right. you know, in terms of, of, of your point. Sometimes we don't really know what it is that we want to do. And that's okay, yeah. right? 100%. But my point is, you know, you, you being in this environment you are sort of uh, and maybe not even consciously at that point were absorbing right. a need that people had which was not being met right yeah. and that sort of then translated into actually that we need this platform right, right. um and i remember when you when you uh, contacted me um or actually uh, eduardo contacted me and then you know we chatted and was telling me about this platform i mean one of the first things i thought was 
actually, wow, like, why has this never existed before? Like, it's, it seems kind of simple and obvious, but right. it, it was not around. So my, my point about that was, you know, I think you just through your own experience and the experience of your classmates and that kind of thing, realized there was an opportunity to, to, to you know, to, to sort of help be of value and of service. Um, so that's all, all the benefit of, of being a little bit fluid and, you know, just sort of absorbing um, things as you're going along. 100% and I mean like I, I'm kind of like very shy about like talking about my story on this podcast because it's not you <laughs> but uh, but I, I I love the example and I mean like it's yeah. it, it's it's very interesting but I always tell like this when I talk to students as well like to be open you know like have that open mindset because Completely. you never know what's going to come out of it and uh, like I said like sporting global was one of those things but you need to know sort of like your bench benchmark of like values what you stand for and, and sort of like Completely. the key elements of, of what you believe in because that's going to help guide you on your journey. 100% 100% I mean you know the thing is when you think about it everything that you and I are talking about right now all of the um, components and the aspects of wanting to get into this to the sports industry you know for anyone out there watching who wants to get into the industry all of those same aspects are applicable to sport itself right, right. you know every great sports person whoever your idol is has a coach every team has a coach right they have mentors right so those are those are sort of you know um quite sort of specific things that you need in order to be successful yeah um but you know your your comments about being open being adaptable as a professional athlete you're going to have highs and lows right and you need right. to be able to adapt in order to survive you need to be able to switch things up when you can and all of those same rules and principles apply if if you're on the other side or in another aspect of the industry that's not you know as an athlete for example right. so i mean i i'm with you i was i always tell i always tell people to be curious um and you know, you mentioned something really important, which is understanding your values, but also understanding your skills and also your strengths. Right. And skills and strengths are not the same thing, huh? Yeah. You know, there's yeah. there's, no. there's a difference there. But you know, I've also i i have also i have also found from my own experience that really you have nothing to lose by reaching out to to someone and asking them for five minutes, 10 minutes of their time, grabbing a coffee with them, um, you know, whatever position they are in, yeah. it's it's rare that people will turn you down, right? I mean, you may have to target a lot of people to, to get that, yeah. but it's always worth, it's always worth trying. You know, quite often people will give you 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Um, yeah. The one thing I would say is that if you do do that, be very clear about how you want to use that time right, right? you know right. you want to get as much out of that time with that person as possible yeah, but you know, i think people are often afraid to to reach out to to someone because they think they're bothering them or they don't have time and actually what you will find is somebody probably did that for them and so right. they're always they want to kind of give back in that way so it's it's yeah. always well worth well worth doing no. that as well 100% vouching for for this and I know like how important like I said it was for my journey and like it still is an incredible part of what I do and it never stops you know like to you know get to know new people like building those relationships yeah. like I mean like I'm just thinking like you know it's not too long ago we we just got connected you know and yeah. like look at how like where we are now right so yeah. it's just um about grabbing the opportunity but let's but let's uh, dive a little bit into sort of mm -hmm. like um 
your sort of like role at the the federation of gay games because i think it's sort of like important to sort of like talk a little bit about like what the gay games are all about in in general as well for people to understand but also like what are some of your key responsibilities as the vp of external relations yeah sure that's a that's a, a great question happy to talk about that so um to start off with in case anybody doesn't know what the federation of gay games is it's a, an organization that owns a quadrennial event called the gay games right. and it's also has been known as as the gay olympics so it's at this point the world's largest sports and culture event that's put on by lgbtq people but that is open to all. So the name itself actually is a, li- is a little misleading because it, you, you know, it, it's truly inclusive. It doesn't discriminate based on sexuality, gender, uh, ability, you know, any of those kinds of um, aspects. It really is open to everybody. Um, it's an event where you register to play. So in that way, it actually really does democratize sport. You know, there are governing bodies uh, and swimming comes to mind. Um, where they have sanctioned the times at the games. So world records have been broken at the games and you can be in an environment with a world record holder when you may have taken up that sport yourself, you know, several months ago. So, you know, there's no other event in the world where you can have that kind of democracy within a sporting environment in, in, in my mind. Um, so that's what the, that's what the games is. And, um, the way that we are constructed is we have two co-presidents and under the co-presidents we have four vice presidents and I'm one of those vice presidents and my remit is external relations so I handle uh, committees that are responsible for marketing communications Uh, we have an ambassador program which I'm responsible for so really any sort of external uh, any sort of externally facing activities around our relationships with external organizations or press media PR um, comes under under my remit so yeah lots of uh, activity around uh, communications and um, press releases and things like that particularly as we sort of get nearer to an upcoming games Right. And I mean, like, and, and I guess you, you touched a little upon it earlier as well in, in terms of sort of like the, the adaptability and the flexibility mm-hmm. and being fluid, you know, in the process mm-hmm. of, and I guess like, you know, as first of all, you know, the next games are happening in Hong Kong in, in next year in 2022, which is super yeah. cool. I think it's the first right. time in Asia, right, as well? It is, yeah. First games in Asia, yeah. So that, 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 I guess, like, it's super exciting for you guys. And, and, and for, for the other thing, I guess, like, how has sort of like the pandemic, I guess, impacted, you know, your planning and preparation? Because not only, you know, are you going to a new you know, country and, and continent, but you're, you know, actually, you know, in the midst of a pandemic that are now, you know, going a little bit more on the brighter side, but, but still yeah. you have to deal with a lot of challenges still and yeah. regulations on that. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a good question. I mean, listen, you know, the pandemic, um, as well as everything else that's been happening around the world, right. This year, where there's been spotlight on, um, you know, racial inequality and, you know, social justice and so on and so forth. I mean, it's this last 14, 15 months has changed the way that we, that we live, work and play, right. For, for for everybody. Um, 
So it has been a challenge, but but just to to sort of, uh, I'm not sure whether this is clear to everybody who, who might be listening to this, but so the Federation owns the gay games, but we have a robust bidding process and um, a, a city will eventually win a bid to host a game. So the Hong Kong bid team won, uh, you know, won that bid obviously to host the games next year in 2022. Right. So they have quite a large team um, made up of volunteers on the ground. So they are sort of, you know, in region right now that are, are in process of setting things up and they, they're they very um, structured and buttoned up, which has, has really helped. Yeah. So, you know, I would say that, that the pandemic has sort of has slowed things down a little right. um but hasn't really stopped us from progressing with with our plans so we just recently um within the last uh, four weeks i think four or five weeks we had two um uh, platinum sponsors that signed up for the game so marriott bonvoy and youtube which is is really exciting pre-registration for the games uh, which would give people a sort of early access to full registration when that comes mm -hmm. online that just launched a couple of weeks ago uh, and we also have a scholarship program so right. this um, scholarship program is actually called a funding support program it's it's a it's slightly uh, differently executed in the way that scholarship programs have been have been done in the past yeah. but that uh, just recently opened as well so a lot of these key milestones are still are still being met despite the fact that we are still living in um yeah. in in challenging times um but you know like you said just a little while ago it seems like there's some light at the end of the tunnel um certainly in in some parts of the world so you know hopefully as things get lifted and and uh, things open up a little then you know i think we'll be able to to really sort of go full steam ahead to 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 get the rest of the aspects in place for a really successful games i'm, I'm sure it will be and I'm, I'm i'm super excited to see how it turns out for sure and uh, it, it's going to be uh it's going to be an interesting journey to kind of like see now like as well like i guess like from each month getting a little bit closer here like everything is going to be a little bit more hectic a little bit more you know deadlines and requirements to meet but uh but it's yeah. uh it, it's always good to have that like foundation you know of keep people in in those you know whole cities as you were talking about like that that won the bid and, and sort of like build that that infrastructure and the foundation up because that's obviously going to help a lot mm -hmm. of like making the processes and and I guess like the new regulations that comes up as well with this you know to to make sure that they are they are met which I think is a, a big big case for a lot of you know these sort of games and, and so forth to deal with and I don't know like have you sort of like communicated with them in terms of like any of those sort of regulations or challenges that have come across like is there some specifically that that they have like oh this is this is just something new that we had to think about yeah. So, so tell me a bit more about what you mean when you're talking about regulations. Yeah. So I guess like in, in terms of like specific, uh, you know, requirements from like, you know, a pa pandemic situation of like how to deal Got with it. Uh, yeah, some of the like requirements on that side and new initiatives that are being approached. Yeah. So, so the way that we, the way that we're structured when we um, roll up to a games is, you know, we have a, a vice president of production who then works really closely with the host city uh, on all of these aspects, and we have a sort of a regular liaison from the FGG board that works with with the host city, and so um, 
you know, there's a steering committee um, uh, which sort of handles all aspects of security and all of these kinds of measures. So there's a lot of risk assessment yep. that's going on, you know, probably more so now, right, than, right, than might happen right. in, in other times. Yeah. Um, but that does cover uh, different scenarios around, you know, what will it mean to travel? You know, when, when will, there's, there's obviously a lot within uh, the, the sort of, the current time, but within or probably the next sort of, you know, 10 months or so that we can't really control, we can't really right. foresee. We don't know whether uh, COVID is fully going to go away or whether things will return completely to normal. We have to sort of expect that that won't be the case. Um, so, you know, we the, the Gay Games Hong Kong team, you know, they've got a lot of really um, talented people who are focused on what that kind of risk assessment looks like what what does different contingency planning mean um, or uh, you know coming into the country for different different kinds of uh, restrictions or challenges that might uh, face travelers coming in um, you know listing out all of those different different kinds of scenarios and things like that so we can be prepared best prepared yeah. to kind of also talk to our members because we're a member organization um, and anyone else who is thinking of registering and coming along, you know, what, what should they prepare for? What should they expect? And, and so on and so forth. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I, I guess as well, like, true, you know, the, the year and a half we have had of the, 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 the yeah. pandemic already, you sort of, like, have learned a lot already from, you know, cancellations yeah. of events and, and you yeah. know, all some of these processes and, and risk assessment has been, you know, conducted and utilizing that as a way of, okay, what are some of the things that we need to keep in mind? What are the things we can do differently? Or like, how is the things changing, you know, moving forward? Yeah, yeah completely. And, you know, I mean, between now and next November, when the Games is on, there are obviously quite a lot of uh, large scale global sporting events that are going to take place, which we can learn from, you know, I mean, the biggest being obviously the Olympics that's going to happen this year. Um, you know, rugby sevens will happen in Hong Kong later in the year. So, you know, there are quite a lot of events where I think we can, well, which we are closely observing, um, and which we can sort of take, okay, what are guidelines and best practices and, and yeah. so on and so forth. So we can use those for, for our own, our own efforts. Well, it's gonna be it's gonna be super exciting to to see, and I mean, like it's always good when you when you're following something and you can just like learn from their mistakes and learn from <laughs> you know, the, the situations coming up because. Yeah. I think once sort of like the, the major live events now are going live, <laughs> in yeah. say like you would, there will be mistakes happening, and that's totally fine. But it's yeah. like then of like, okay, why did this happen, right? Like, how can yeah. we avoid those? same mistakes you know because absolutely yeah and i and i think you know i think for you know for participants and consumers and spectators exactly the same thing right yep. you know they're also wondering well you know what is my experience going to be like in this right. new world that we're living in and so i think this also gives them an opportunity to 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 understand that um a bit better too right 100 percent and I mean, like, we haven't really talked about like your own company that you're running as well, because obviously, yeah. you, know, you have your own uh, consultancy, consulting company these days. And like, obviously, yeah. you, know, obviously you talk about focusing on the, you know, health, diversity, um, yeah. and and coaching. And and I guess like, like going back a little bit from like your both corporate and I guess like board journey in sports like what are some of the things that you sort of like taken with you and, and learned that you're now sort of like utilizing for your consulting company and and I guess like the role you have with the gay games 
That's a great question, actually. So, you know, I think what I've realized, actually, so so my consulting um, experience was always in the realm of digital transformation um, and sort of primarily in my in my later consulting years in change management. So it was really focused around people, process, culture, organizational change um, and what shifts need to be made for uh, primarily technology. Uh, implementations technology solution implementations right but um you know what i've realized is uh, and i think i kind of always knew this but this was really hit home in a corporate setting is um everything is connected right you know everything that you've just mentioned um diversity uh, inclusion you know health wellness right. um, technology implementation right corporate management it's all connected so the biggest area where clients tend to to really fall down is by trying to implement a new process or change of behavior or implement a new technology for example Mm. um, under the reasoning of wanting to increase their revenue but not really understanding what the impact is going to be on the workforce Right. And so if you're not taking care of the health and wellness of your workforce or understanding what they need to be successful, those are the people who are really utilizing that technology to drive your revenue. Right. Then um, it's very difficult to uh, it's very difficult to survive. That's that's the that's the quickest way that technologies die a sort of slow death in in client environments. So I think what I've really learned is that. you know, there are a lot of dots to be connected between sort of, let's say, diversity and inclusion and change management, for example. You know, you can't have a strategy. First of all, you can't have a strategy without a vision. And you mentioned that before, right? You know, what's your vision? What are your goals? Yeah. Um, but your, you know, your strategy has to have actually a change management component. And, and all the change management component means is, you know, how are you going to handle the implementation of whatever it is that you want to do? um around the you know the the other aspects of of your life so um you know even on an individual basis right you might have a vision you've got a strategy to get there but you have to do a risk assessment you have to understand okay well you know how is this going to impact all of the other areas of my life if this is where i want to go and it's the same for organizations right so i think that's the sort of biggest thing and that's what i that's what i talk to a lot of my clients about now um you know even in an advisory capacity is making sure that they're really connecting the dots between Mm. um, or or making sure that everything within one strategy is included so they can ensure not just adoption of something that they're implementing, but then they've got a good retention model, right? How do you sustain that momentum? How do you sustain that? And also how do you then allow yourself to adapt to change more quickly than you otherwise would be able to if you didn't have those foundational pieces in place. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes makes total sense. And I, I think like, you know, especially, you know, looking at it a little bit from uh, like, there's obviously two lenses here too, in, in one sense. One is obviously, you know, the young, the young companies, right? That maybe don't know where these sort of, you know, pillars or milestones or like what those things looks like yet because they just have an idea right and then you're just gonna make that work and then you have like you know the corporate that are like okay how do we insert in, in innovation and and these are like extra factors to like you know 
look at the big picture, but I think you really touch upon like the, the key element of like, you know, how all the dots are connecting. And we always say that like with, you know, we were very clear from this in the beginning from, from our perspective as well is that every initiative, everything that we do has to fit our pillars and what we stand up. And if it doesn't do that, it's not the right thing for us and that's fine. So again, it's, it's comes down to foundation. I think as well as individual and students and professionals out there, it's like, once you know, sort of like your foundation and sort of like mapping that out, those sort of decisions is going to be a lot more easier for you to like, like what kind of people do you want around you as mentors, as, as connections, as, you know, what kind of companies do you want to work for? Like what is important for you? And I think that's also why these discussions and these kind of conversations are so important. And as you said, like it's as as important for, you know, a corporation or a company as it is for like an individual person. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I can't, can't agree with you more. Um, you know, when, particularly in my, in my consulting um, work, and particularly when I was in consulting firms, talking to clients about change management, right. my whole um, sort of, you know, discussion with them, you know, or presentation or whatever you want to call it, was getting them to think about their organization as an individual. You know, right. you, when you think about the organization as a, as a person, right. Everything that you just mentioned, you know, what are the, what are the you're, you're really talking about values, vision, mission, um, but the health of your organization, you know, how do you want it to function? Right. Um, and, you know, what's what's great about um, startups, for example, or younger companies is they really have an opportunity from the get go to actually uh, create the culture that they, they want to work in. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not bound by by legacy or, you know, um, sort of habitual behavior or all things like that, you've, you've really got free reign. And that's, that's when often startups then become challenger brands in, in their own industries, right? Mm. Because that fosters innovation. It allows you to, um, to, to sort of think outside the box a bit more. Um, and, you know, to your point, if you're quite clear about your, your values and your values play into your vision and your mission, then often you, you'll never really get steered wrong. Now, you know, you know, as well as everyone else, that doesn't mean that you're not going to get things wrong or you're not going to. Oh, you will, you will. <laughs> exactly. But the point is, and that's life, right? But the, but the point is, and again, this is like anyone working in the sports industry, right? Or whether you're frontline or, or on the field or whatever it is, how you adapt to, to that, to that, quote unquote failure that that's what really makes the difference you know can you learn effectively and quickly and adapt to change that or or not yeah no i mean like it's 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 spot on i guess like the pandemic gave these i guess if you look at it more from a corporate lens the the opportunity for them where they actually had to look at these things you know in order to move on and and look at okay what do we stand for and how does that fit you know, to solve these challenges in the pandemic. And, and I think that opened a lot of eyes, especially in sports too, you know, that got very heavily, you know, impacted through this. So it's, uh, it, it's a very key process that I think has opened a lot of eyes and a lot of organizations to take a step back, you know, in a very busy, you know, life. And, and I mean, like the, the, the sport industry always talk about like, the, the, the next in the next game you know like you 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 think from game to game you know and yeah. 
and suddenly yeah. like everything stopped and you had to like okay what do we what do we do now <laughs> yeah 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 exactly and you know i think people are looking to you know everyone's looking for an answer in terms of like what do you do now and i, and I think what the last sort of year and a half has done with as i say with everything that's been going on in the world is has really made people understand uh with more clarity what their values are right. but also you know uh, and I and I don't mean this in any way to sound sort of simplistic, because um, there obviously are degrees of severity that, that people have been dealing with. But but you know, um, sort of really understanding what your values are and 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 actually just what's important, like what what is important. You know, we we sort of we're living in a in, a, in an age where this phrase of you know life is too short, which you know I've sort of been hearing since I was a little kid but that's that's real you know we're living in a world where that is all too real now and and I think that has sort of spurred people to maybe to make some changes in their life and um, maybe take some chance some chances that they wouldn't have done prior to this to to kind of get to where they want to go right, right. it's sort of provided some some fuel I yeah. think there. no I, I think it's it's definitely opened the opportunity and maybe forcing also in a sense a lot of people to go out of their comfort zone right because maybe they they got forced somehow in in a sense of of course like you know maybe they lost their job maybe they you know like things happen right during the pandemic that 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 changed a lot of lives you know in many ways and and then it's, you know, without, you know, neglecting, like there's been, you know, of course, a lot of hard situations and a lot of challenging situation out there. Like I'm extremely blessed for our situation in Norway, you know, being so lucky and, and grateful for that. And, and, and then again, you know, it's like adapting and, and finding ways of like making things work and, and finding ways where now maybe like an opportunity, you know, looking at it yeah. as an opportunity of like, now I can, you know, maybe follow my dream or I can follow my passion and I can, you know, open my eyes a little. And, and yeah. that's sort of like what we want with the, the podcast. And, and this too is, is, you know, use it as a fuel and inspiration for people to like, you know, where do I fit in this world? Where, how can I capitalize on this? And I think that that's, that's a very key lesson because if people don't discuss it or don't open up those eyes, it might be hard to see as well. Absolutely. And I think this is another sort of, you know, good advice for, well, you know, I won't, I mean, people would decide whether it's good advice or not, right? Who <laughs> are listening, but, you know, to, to tack onto what you were saying, yeah. I think that, um, you know, where, where, you know, we are sort of living in this, in this, in this time, in this current time where um, you are more challenged, you know, we, ju we just are more challenged, everybody is. And, um, to, to, to varying degrees. Um, but, you know, I think, like I say, I think that that hopefully has encouraged people to maybe just sort of take some more chances or, or you know, try some different things that they maybe wouldn't have done before. Um, I lost my train of thought a little bit there, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a, an unprecedented time. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I, think, I think there is, the, the other side of darkness is light, right? And I, and I think there are opportunities, um, you know, that, that can be found even in, in some of the most challenging times, um, you know, if, if not always in the most challenging times. Right.
yeah it's it's kind of like creates that atmosphere and i guess like you know i don't want to be like you know very typical and say like you know, uh, one door closes another one open but it's it's yeah. kind of true too you know but at the I same time like if you don't actually you know open that door or take some initiative to to get that door open then you know it, it, it starts yeah. with you you know and and i guess like sort of like to wrap wrap it up here as well and because obviously you know shave you've been you know essentially around the globe like in a diverse group of roles and i'm kind of like thinking you know you've been of course inside and outside of sports you know mm. now within sports as well and and if you could sort of like give like if we sort of like wrap all of this podcast i guess in, in into like a final tip or a few final tips on for these students you know that are maybe like in this situation now like maybe Ooh. don't know exactly where they want to go and feel a bit a little bit lost because of the pandemic and and they sort of like want to get their foot in the door and, and maybe follow their passion like what what sort of like tips you want to like give them yeah um so a few things i would say um and we've mentioned a few we've mentioned some of these already but one is i would say be curious you know just be curious and expand your network um try to make your network as diverse as possible you know understanding different perspectives having different experiences is only going to allow you to approach situations from many different perspectives and if you can do that then then that's quite that's quite unique um again you know don't be afraid to expand your network you know reach out to people look for coaches look for mentors don't be afraid to ask somebody if you can you know grab a coffee with them on zoom for 10 minutes or something you know a lot of people might say no but some people will say yes and if you get that yes then be very clear about how you want to to get the most value out of that time yeah um one thing i would say which we touched on quite a bit is you know try to clarify or try to articulate your vision right yeah. and visions can change and that's okay but right. start somewhere with what you're passionate about um Think about how you can translate that into, into a mission statement or some actionable goals. Mm. Um, and that, that will then help you look for some opportunities. If you want to get some experience in, uh, in the sports world, for example, there are hundreds of sports organizations out there that need help. Now, they may not all pay you, but that's also okay. You know, see if you can get kind of like a formalized internship or also understanding your strengths and your skills um, and being able to sort of explain that to different organizations that I can, I can guarantee you, they're always looking for people to help in some way, shape or form. Yeah. So that's a good way to just sort of get some experience. And as I say, if you couple that with expanding your network, one opportunity will lead to another, will lead to another and, and another. Um, and then, you know, the last thing I would say, and this sort of ties back to, to what we were saying about living in this very unprecedented time. Mm. I think the last 18 months have, have, this has always been true, but I think the last 18 months have very explicitly showed us that there are so many things that we think we can control or that we are taught to believe that we should be able to control, which we just can't. Right, right. That right. you just can't. So identify what it is that you can control, which generally always comes down to yourself, um, and just and just start from there. And I think if you can get those sorts of components in place, then you know you're very, very ready. You're very, very ready. Go wrong. 
I mean, like, I think it's just a perfect way to to wrap this up, Shiv. I mean, like, I don't I don't have anything to add to that because I think <laughs> it's, it's just a final final great piece of a, of several advice on like how you can capitalize on the situation, you know, utilizing it and understanding yourself in the process because by doing so, you will you know be will be a lot easier for you to also find those organizations that you are looking for and uh, that you're like okay this is someone that i want to help you know regardless if that's paid or not you know like this is an organization that you can stand by vouch for and 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 take a take some effort for so i think i think that's going to be really key uh the, the sport industry looks bright as as never before i mean like yeah. you know, been a challenge but we're always going to come us through it and i think to be fair the sport industry has like this and it might might just be because of all the athletes and all like that mentality right that we just have to find a way to make things work you know yeah yeah you 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 got to find a way right any you know i can attest to this with tennis but you know it's the same for probably every single sport out there right you know you're not always going to feel um really amazing already in the mood and you're not always going to have the perfect environment to perform to your optimal level but you've got to find a way through it right that that's what life is so you know the quicker you can learn how to do that then as i say you know the the happier you'll be but um you'll very rarely go wrong i think Absolutely. Well, Shiv, I would like to thank you so much for for taking the time and for a very fruitful conversation. And if you like the video, the ones that were listening out there, you know, make sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and and you'll get tips every week. So that that's always helpful. You know, I mean, like we're sort of like giving you, you know, maybe not like specifically mentors, but it's like way to sort of like start a journey and expand your mind from different kind of people all over the world so make sure to do that and and capitalize on the opportunity and of course it's free so why not (laughs) (laughs) yeah thank thank you so much once again and and i gotta learn you some norwegian though when we wrap up because we always always finish up with some norwegian and that is uh, which means see you later in norwegian i love it okay how do you say this Vi snakkes. There you go. Perfect. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs>